0: helped shape Saturday Night Live into the iconic show that it became. Legendary production designer Eugene Lee was there from the very first show. And now, 40 years later, is still working harder than ever. Real TV history, this week on Pop Culture Confidential. Hi, I'm Christina. Welcome to the show. So for those of you that follow Pop Culture Confidential, you know that I often talk about and refer to Saturday Night Live as one of the most interesting and pop-culturally influential shows of the last few decades. Sure, it can be uneven, but especially through all the election cycles, be it Aykroyd or Tina Fey or Kate McKinnon, they make an impact. Just look at Melissa McCarthy's surprise and spectacular turn as Sean Spicer last week. We're going to be talking about that one for many years, and it may even have had some real political impact, as it seems. So, last November, the weekend of Election Tuesday, when I had the chance to go to a taping of SNL, it really was a moment for me. And I was not disappointed. Besides the players, the comedy, and just being there, getting to see SNL creator Lorne Michaels working and standing stage floor left, was pretty much the closest to my TV nerd heaven moment that I could get. And what impressed me to no end, and that I could not stop talking about after, was the set design and the crew on the floor. Now, legendary studio 8H in Rockefeller Plaza, where SNL has had its home since the 1970s, is so much smaller than I even could have imagined. But in this small space, the actors, the crew, the writers, staff, musical guests and musicians bring the live show to life every Saturday at 11.30. And the intricate planning that must go into the set changes is quite mind-boggling. The crew literally has minutes to move elaborate sets between sketches. In a split second after a monologue or sketch, they have two minutes to break down the set, the Oval Office, a living room, or even a boat, and get it ready for the next one. It was truly magical, like seeing a musical number on the floor. Now, I had heard of Eugene Lee. He's a legendary set designer that SNL creator Lorne Michaels brought in after seeing one of his Broadway show sets. And in 1975, when host George Carlin took the SNL stage for the very first episode, it was on Eugene Lee's set. And it's pretty much what we can see today. The set he created was something very different for its time. Then comedy and variety shows were very glossy and colorful. Eugene was inspired by the new edgy comedians that he was going to be working with, and by the city of New York. So the inspiration for the set is industrial, with a New York vibe, real bricks, and Grand Central Station and a subway platform feel. Mr. Lee, and maybe even Lorne Michaels, thought, hey, this new sketch show may last six or seven episodes, but we know that that would not be the case. Forty years later, Michaels and Eugene Lee are still there, and they've seen it all, through every election cycle, host, and trend. Eugene Lee is one of the few surviving members, and at 77 years old, he is working harder than ever, making the sets for the show every week. Lee, who came straight from the theatre world, is a 12-time Emmy nominee for his TV work. His SNL weeks are very organized. He still commutes from New York City from his home and workshop in Providence, Rhode Island, every Wednesday. And there he stays until the show on Saturday, working day and night with the week's show, listening to the writers, designing the sets, and making changes up until the very last second. And as he says in the interview, his motto for designing sets for the most iconic comedy show in history is always, I aim to please. And so he does, he will make any set the writers ask for, and anyone you talk to will say that about him. Lee has never been in a big rush to change – most of the sets are still hand-drawn and hand-designed. And if SNL were not enough, he is still the set designer that everyone goes to first. It's Lee that's designed the sets for both Seth Meyers' new Late Night Show and Jimmy Fallon's set when he took over the iconic Tonight Show. So after seeing that taping, I knew that I really wanted to talk to this veteran of American TV. And guess what? It happened. I talked to Eugene from his workshop at his home in Rhode Island on a Monday in SNL week. We talk about leaving his mark on the SNL institution, how his week looks like on the show, and how he aims to please, from political sets to animals to underwater hotel rooms. Sure, there was a time with Belushi and the original gang when the sets were a bit simpler, but there still is nothing Eugene Lee will not do. Mr. Lee, thank you so much for being here.
1: My pleasure.
0: And I was just reading in my research that Lorne Michaels has said about you. I always say that Eugene is the only actual genius I've worked with. Oh,
1: I don't know about that. He says a lot. It's nice that he says. It's nice that he says it, but I don't. I don't. I don't think so.
0: Um, we're speaking on a Monday. Can you tell me a little bit about what an SNL week is like for you?
1: Well, yes, it's very simple. Um, I live in Rhode Island. I never. You know, moved to New York, which is—I guess—I'm a little crazy that way. I just never. <laughs> Rhode Island is kind of quirky, and I kind of like it, small. Anyway, I—I um, I work in a carriage house behind my house, so uh, where we're talking. And uh, Wednesday, I go into New York. I take—I take, I take uh, the Asala, uh fairly high-speed train. Could be better, but kind of okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, I take that in because we have a read-through on Wednesday scheduled for 3 o'clock. And so I always try to be at NBC by 3 o'clock. Uh, usually it doesn't happen at that, that. It's very rare that the reading starts on time, but uh, but, but technically I'm there. And, it's, and, and uh, usually we start reading the scripts, oh, I don't know, 5 o'clock, 4.30, something like that. Who knows?
0: And then you get all the uh, most of the sketches. Is that when you actually start drawing and working on the? Well,
1: no, not right away. They, they, they uh, we get how we do it. There's quite a few sketches, so um, we read half half of the bundle, and this is everyone sitting around the cast and and the writers and technical people. You know, I sit in the same chair for the I think for a long time, and we read half the script, and then we stop and And uh for maybe like half an hour, we order food to come in so that we okay um and and we wait and then we read the other half of the scripts and then uh we have to wait until the producers decide what they would like to produce. We wait on that, and uh when they decide uh we we get together with the director, okay, and we lay out in the with him uh he, he he has ideas we have a uh, design has ideas we decide where things go in the studio okay whether you know and to what to what try we make sense and sometimes that's easy sometimes it's hard
0: and how many sketches are there roughly at that point in the week
1: oh um Oh, could be easily fifty. It's a lot of scripts. Well, you, you know, it's kind of sad when you think the trees that have to be cut down for the scripts. You know, <laughs> you know? and and when they read the scripts, we're, they 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 tend to be kind of messy. Scripts are laying all over the floor. You know, okay. Um, people read them and just toss them. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they, so then they uh, we we lay out where we think she sh- uh, everything should go, and then we get together. Um, and talk to everyone because the way it works and the way it always has worked is that writers produce their own pieces. Mm. Okay, it's a good show for writers because they, they they learn a lot about the process. If they want, uh, they have to talk to the scenic department if they want scenery, yeah? and they have to talk to the uh, special effects people if they have special effects. If you want costumes, you have to go talk to Tom and the costume department. You know, right. so and that's kind of interesting, and we try to get from them what. They mean some writers. It's easier than others. You know, is it daytime? Is it nighttime? You wanna? Uh, it's it's a a restaurant. What kind of restaurant is it? You know, whatever. Up. You know. So we try to find as much as we can, and and that takes whatever it takes.
0: Is there something you love doing particularly, like uh, political stuff or so? I, I
1: always do that. Well, people do different things in our design department. With kind of dysfunctional design department. Um, no, if uh, for for instance, if it's a boat, because I used to live on a boat in Manhattan, so they always say, "Oh, a boat for Eugene. Gene." <laughs> so they give they give me the boat to draw, you know. And we kind of decide who draws what. I mean, you know, uh, different people are good at different things. Yeah, I hate the game shows, you know. Oh yeah. I t- I try to avoid those if I can. I mean, I have other pe- people who do them better than me, you know and so i don't know that's how it is and then everyone's then suddenly everyone's gone everyone's gone and we we sit and that could be like i don't know i mean boy hard to say hopefully that could be 10 o'clock let's say
0: we're still on wednesday yeah
1: and then we we draw yeah uh, we, we we draft everything we draft it by hand in the old-fashioned way and uh a Representative from the scene shop who builds it actually physically shows up eventually, and we give him the drawings right away. hopefully it's not past midnight, but it could easily be you know sometimes we don't walk out of there until one or two o'clock. you know it takes whatever it takes you know right. and then that's wednesday
0: and when are you done for most of the sets on the show
1: Friday we come in and we now. We have added to the mix of people coming in the paint department. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they, uh, you know, there's painters painting every place. And we uh, Friday we go on camera once again at at one o'clock. And now we we hopefully have at least the little sets to play And They may not be painted, but you know, probably wouldn't be painted. Mm-hmm. But there's physically, you know, it's getting closer to looking like scenery, you know, in there. And and so and that's kind of good. And then, you know, we rehearse all day. On Friday, it's a late day. We rehearse. We probably don't get off camera until, I don't know, 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know. Mr. Michaels <laughs> wants to have a meet. He has a meeting on Friday night late that I attend, mm-hmm. uh, which the purpose of that meeting is to do a rundown of how the show could actually work, uh, how we have time to change things, and you know that meeting. Things will. The customs department will say we can't. You know, this person can't can't possibly change. You know, not to have enough time. Got to He has a wig, and then he's going and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that it's made a little more complicated. We do. A, I don't think we do more, but but we've always done from the beginning. You know, look, we have a little film unit. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. in the early years, in the first year. We had Muppets. We had mean Muppets. (laughs) They were kind of nice. We had to get rid of them. They took up too much space in the studio.
0: Can we go back to the beginning? Comedy and variety sets in those days were kind of different, very glossy and and colorful. You did something very different when you got to SNL. Can you talk a little bit about that, and and do you remember your very first set, your first sketch?
1: Oh, sure. I know the first thing exactly. You know, we did the Wolverines, uh, which was... a, a. and uh, and Chevy Chase, and and Michael O'Donoghue, and uh, the scenery was kind of simple back then. And when you look look at it now, it's like it, it looked more like honeymooners' scenery. You know, painted detail, painted wallpaper. Uh, you know, it was kind, it was kind of simple, mm-hmm. you know, which was kind of nice. You know, as time has gone on over the, all the years we we do it much more realistic now everybody you know they they like films now you know they like, they like everything more, more realistic the most important thing that i did though is 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 that this when i walked into the studio you know it's big empty space you know you've been in it it's not that big mm-hmm. but it's long and uh like a shoebox you know that that proportion and i thought well um why don't I put uh because I didn't know anything about television. I just thought like I mean uh, we hired eventually the director Dave Wilson got hired he, mm-hmm. he he was uh after I was hired and he was a person who actually one of the few people who actually knew about tele uh, knew knew about it, you know, and knew what to do and he he was very helpful and then I uh, on, on the other hand he he told me how it should he how it should be laid out the studio all that it would be and I of course I didn't do that naturally i did it my way i put up this temporary balcony on scaffolding right uh, on one side of the studio and then because that just seemed sensible to me i i always like laying out where people sit that's what candide was like i mean candide we ripped a lot of seats out and put a special seating arrangement in just for that you know That was kind of the most important thing because it it forced the cameras and the equipment and the crane to move around the studio and go to the scenery, not the other way around, you know? Uh, Which, even if since you've seen the show, I think one of the most interesting things, even on a bad show, and there are those, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, not funny or whatever, people appreciate, particularly lately, Uh, I mean, the amount of stagehands it takes to move things around and cameras move and, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's like a choreography, you know?
0: Yeah, it's funny because that's exactly what I wrote when I had been to a taping. I've worked in television for 20 years, and I had never been more impressed in that short amount of time in such a small space, the amount of set changes and people that were doing this in just perfect symphony.
1: We have a a very good crew at the moment. I, I uh you know which they they always try to yeah it, it's it's kind of interesting even i think that because we do more scenery now than we did in the beginning things were a little simpler in the beginning mm-hmm. if you know if one looks at uh, the early shows you know they're just they're just a little simpler you know um, you know, talk shows have a potted plant and a wall, and you know, or there's like uh, a little counter for bassomatic you know, or, you know, I kind of, uh, the, the early shows were kind of great, had a, such a great cast.
0: What know? about that old expression about a performer who can tear up the scenery? Do you have experience with that?
1: Well, we always think that they, we used to do things that uh, we don't do anymore, which are kind of sweet. Uh, the design department had had a stuffed cow, uh-huh. you know, like with spots on it, white white cow with black spots, and we used to we used to hang it overhead, particularly on on sets that we didn't like, <laughs> sketches we didn't like, and then when or they couldn't have a good ending, so we just dropped the cow, you know, it was rigged to fall down, so you know. We don't seem to have that humor at the moment.
0: But is there any performer or guest that's been particularly memorable for you
1: personally? Uh, well, Paul Simon was the, uh, the, on the second show, was the music. Became very friendly with Paul over the years. As I say, we try as much as possible, I do, to make whoever the, the guest host is or whoever the music is, to, to give them what they want and make them feel at home. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That generates into the thinking that you don't rush up and ask a, a, a new person for an autograph. I, I can't think of anyone who's been really bad, let's put it that way. I mean, Yeah, yeah uh, you
0: get that feeling when you're there, when you see the star, the guest host, he's running just as much as everyone else on the crew. They really are a part of the group that week.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And what about the political sets? That's of course been a staple of SNL, the Oval Office, the debates. Can you tell me about building those?
1: We 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 try to copy them. We try to make them. We, we you know we we try to make them look as close as we can to the real thing. Although sometimes we we get it wrong. Our, our Oval Office is a little strange. It's been around for a really long time, and you know uh, it, it it doesn't actually. Uh, it, it's kind of our version of the Oval Office. Um I don't know, you know the po- political thing is you know now I don't know what to say about political things. I um I feel it's the uh, comedy every at the moment everything is uh uh gr- everything is good for 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 the ratings, you know? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Bad for the democracy. Right. You know, which makes me very uneasy. I I um I mean, really uneasy. I, uh, I we've never had a situation where the the, the president actually uh, sends us uh, messages how how bad we are, you know? Yeah, that we're we're terrible and we should be canceled because we're bad. That's very spooky. That's all I can say. That's very spooky.
0: And you're all feeling it, I suppose, because we think it's spooky on our
1: end. Well, yeah, the the press. Yeah, the press is forget the press. I think they're. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh,
0: how would you describe Lorne Michaels, and what has he meant for you and um, for comedy? Would you say?
1: Well, he's a genius. If he can. He's a real genius. Not me. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, I, he he can take, First of all, you know, he was a writer, and, and writers are kings. I mean, we without good writing, you don't have a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, and. and I think he's a genius. He's been very good to me. I mean, so I'm a little biased. I mean, he's always been terrific, Mm -hmm. you know. He can take a show that has things that are not working very well. It seems like impossible. The show's not very funny or it's not some things are not working well. He can put it together in in a way that makes it great. I mean, not many people can do that, you know. And I'm one of the few people left at the moment, you know. There's very few of us who... Uh, we used to take a picture years ago of the people who were there for show one, mm-hmm. okay? At the moment, well, we we haven't done it recently because there's just no one left. You know, Don Pardo died. I mean, everyone, people are dying, you know, or leaving or retiring, there's uh, virtually no one left. I mean, so it's like uh, uh, now we have, of course, uh, so many people, they... They made up a, a contact list with photographs of everyone because we have so many new people that they don't know who we are. They look. People look at me. Who's the old guy? <laughs> <Okay>. You know, <laughs> well, the old guy. You know, because when when I went there, I was reasonably young. You know, now all the crew that we talked about that moves things around—they're all kids that their parents, you know, did the show. So it, it it's very interesting, actually.
0: What has been the biggest change for your department at SNL from when you started and now?
1: Well, the big change is merely they everybody wants um, they want it more realistic. They want it more like a movie. In the early days, like we'd have like a living room set with a couple of options: a living room with a stairway, a living room with the door upstairs, something. And we try to, you know, oh, they want the living room. Big deal. You get, you know, you just same thing with the Oval Office. And they things were just kind of, you know, it was simpler. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have some new, some of the new people coming along. They, I, I've been particularly interested in because they, you know, it's nice to get new people, you know, because they they just do things differently. They're they how they feel about comedy is different, and the scenery, mm-hmm. you know. So that's been kind of interesting as I say, we always try to please you know and
0: when you say that they come in and see comedy different, can you explain what you mean by that?
1: They come and they they, they 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 seem to be doing scenery, which is. Is, is more tricky, you know? Can you do what They say here we have written a sketch and it's underwater. It's a hotel that the room is underwater and on the upstage side. Oh, I
0: remember that. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was the kind of sketch they call the producer calls you in and says, "You think you guys can think, do that?" Mm-hmm. And we always say, "Yes, we'll do it somehow." And we ended up using a video screen upstage and 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 the actor in question floating you know the the in the water, actually physically did it we we tried we were going to put him on like a foyer rig with cables mm-hmm. you know and lift lift him and, and then it turned out no, the actor can just pantomime it, and actually that's how we ended up doing it and and the background was like a an l e d uh projection screen you know you
0: never say no to anything no we
1: we try to please. Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we don't.
0: So you really don't slow down. You actually did the sets for Jimmy Fallon's new Tonight Show. Lorne Michaels wanted you to do this. Um, what's it like to design that classic talk show set with the skylines and everything? What was your thinking behind this one?
1: Very simple. Very simple. I, 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 as, as I said in in 8H, I like dealing with the whole space. You know where people sit and how they, what they sit in and what direction they look at and all that. When he asked me to do the Tonight Show, first the first thing we did was uh, uh, it stripped the studio bare. Took it just took it all down, you know, like took the insulation off the walls. I mean, it was everything. I mean, we we you know. And then put it back. And then I was looking for something to put behind the the host. Mm-hmm. I remember that, that the Museum of Modern Art in the uh, in their store. They sell, like, little buildings, little wooden buildings. They come in either a little box or a little bag uh, of of classic landmark buildings in Manhattan. The
0: little small ones in wood? I actually have those for my son. I have those. Well,
1: there it is. So I thought, well, why don't we just blow those up? So we, in the case of Jimmy's set, we built in the shop, which is out in the Navy Yard, We actually did a mock-up of the entire set. I mean, really, uh, just because because I always think people can't read ground plans; they don't understand the distance. I mean, you want so we laid it out out in the shop uh, so that Jimmy came up out eventually and sat him in in the. We we made some furniture out of foam, cut cut it out, you know, so you could sit on it, and so we put all the elements together. And uh, I, I had fun doing that set, and it was, uh, long, I, I was always nervous, you know, when he asked me to do it, I always say, what do you want? And he said, uh, he looked at me and thought a moment in a Lloyd Michaels kind of way and said, uh, I think it should be very elegant. <laughs> I said, okay, that was it, that was the direction, there was no other direction than that. And so that's what I tried to do. And it is.
0: It's very elegant. It's like a, a reddish wood. I'm not very good at materials, but like reddish. Uh,
1: it's cherry.
0: Coming to think of someone who is very particular, I read a story about you actually going to visit Prince before designing his SNL musical set, flying over there. Is this true?
1: The music department seemed to be having some issue of, of what you know what he wanted. And uh, so I, uh, I said, well, why don't I just go out and see him? So I, and I called up my friend Peter Barron, who now does a you know works on the Tonight Show. So I called him and I said, Peter, I'm going. I'm going out to see Prince. You want to come along? <laughs> so that's and I thought you know why not? And uh, it was it was kind of great. We uh, the corporation got me our transportation arrangements, and then we we flew out there, and uh, they drove us over to the warehouse it was whatever it's called. There was still no cars in the lot. But the one door was kind of open with a cinder block keeping it open. We thought that must be the way, so we go in there, and uh, and then suddenly he appeared. That he was like just appeared, <laughs> and he was terrific, you know. And he said, "Well, why come with me?" We we come into a different room, and he had an all-girl band, and mm-hmm. they were there, and he, he invited them to come too. And we went back into the room. It was kind of nice. Around the top of the room was like where the cornice would be. Was like keys of a piano that went all the way around. And there were other things from his movies and stuff hanging around. You know, it was, and he sat down and uh, sang the song. You know, it was kind of great. He was two feet away. You know, and he was very helpful. Then he invited us into an editing room that was there and showed us a few images of things he liked. And, of course, we're getting, and he was, you know, it was clear what he wanted to do. And, and it was helpful. And he was very nice. I, I, We were looking at our watch, you know. We were getting a little nervous, you know, that we'll get the plane to back home. And uh, he said, great. If you have to go, that's great. And, uh, and and then as we're walking out, he says, do you know Natasha? And I'm like, Yeah. I know Natasha. <laughs> I know Natasha is a, a lighting designer that I've known forever. Mm-hmm. Does all these Disney musicals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is just one of the nicest people on the planet. You know, smart lighting designer has won a million Tonys. You know, and uh, and so yeah. So we he said we. Should, I said let's get Natasha too. So when we got back to New York, we uh, said we want Natasha. So and she, and then she helped. It was great. I don't know. I like things like that, you know.
0: So how long do you think you and Lauren and the rest will go on with SNL?
1: Well, um, he's been asked that recently because he's just, he's had a 70, he's 70 or 71. I'm uh, uh seventy I'm getting close to 80. Okay. I don't know. Uh, he says he'll do it. as. Uh, lately, he's been quoted saying that he uh, he'll do it as long as he can. Okay, I don't know what that means for me. He's asked me to run his pencil factory. Have you heard about his pencil factory? No,
0: I have not heard of this. What is this?
1: Well, I can say a little bit about it, I guess. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, I it's so silly. It's kind of great. Anyway, he I was in his office last year, and he uh, he had a picture on his cell phone. And he mm-hmm. said, Gene, look at this. You like this. And I looked at it, and I didn't know what it was. Machinery, you know and uh i said i don't know what is that he said i went to this auction and they were selling all the machines that make pencils and um i bought the machines <laughs> wow i said that's great <laughs> love that that's really interesting wow i love that so um and then it it and i and and he said uh, well you could you could run the pencil factory <laughs> and i said wow <laughs> as saw as saturday night i don't know i i still have fun doing it people are nice mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh i mean some people think we actually uh um you know have have controlled the political climate somehow you know
0: oh absolutely yeah
1: something yeah I think I'm kind of like him. I, I, I think I'll do it as long as I can do it, you know, because what else would I do?
0: So, and then on Saturday nights, after those long days of work we were talking about at the beginning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on Saturday, you head back to Providence?
1: I uh, I have a driver, Sam, who's driven me for a long time now. He comes from, uh, he comes and, and he's at NBC at 11 p.m. sharp, 30 Rock.
0: Okay, before the show starts. No,
1: after. Well, well, well. No, no. We, I stay for the dress rehearsal. Okay, which, uh, which by then I've seen everything, you know, and any major and, and at the because what happens after we do the dress rehearsal? Okay, I stay around until they do the dress rehearsal. It we started at eight o'clock, and then. This is when he really lays out the show. things are cut some things and if things get cut, if we built scenery that we aren't using or the piece that we built it for, we just take it out of the studio if we can because it kind of it's a small studio and gets in the way so and um so I've seen everything, and then you know i I haven't stayed for a show for, I mean I used to sometimes stay for the the live show, but mm-hmm. now i i i once everything here. Everything has been picked. He has a little meeting in his office, you know, to tell, you know, to, the last-minute ideas, little changes, because they change it right up to the time it goes on air. I mean, it's like the card is, the show is really done off cue cards so they can change it, you know. I mean, they will they will also change the actual writing and things uh, at that late a date you know so it's pretty
0: and what about changes in the scenery for you too that late yeah
1: well he well that's when Lauren really you know we 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 in the dress rehearsal if he doesn't like something he sends one of his minions to the design department <laughs> to, to and you you go and I, I try to you know you know he, he he's pretty smart about it you know he'll point, point at the and he'll, he'll say you really wanted to do it that way I mean and so things get cut, things get changed around, and then Sam, when everything is set, I mean we we always leave someone from the design department around. It's not like no everyone; they don't need me. So, and plus, I uh, my design department I, I've hired them all over the years, so I know what they're doing, and so it's all good. And that's it. And then
0: you have a nice trip back.
1: I it's I drive through Connecticut. It's not too much traffic that time of night and I uh, at least you know it just means a, a Sunday I uh, I get up I'm a little tired but uh at least I still have Sunday and Monday.
0: Mr. Lee, thank you so much. This was such a treat for me to talk to you, especially when I know how limited your time is these SNL weeks. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure.
0: Thank you so much to Mr. Eugene Lee, who no doubt as you listen to this is working hard on next week's episode of SNL on Saturday night. And thank you for listening. Please take a moment to leave a comment, a rating or a suggestion to us on iTunes, our site popcultureconfidential.com or on Twitter at podpopculture. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, intro music by Carl Boy, and produced by Rene Wieterstedt and myself. I'm Christina Jerling Thank you so much.